Hello, welcome to Embracing No Other podcast. And this morning I thought I'd like to share with you some thoughts and observations and suggestions around psychedelics and plant medicines. Because I get many questions, emails regarding their use, and specifically people asking, should I do psychedelics or plant medicines? And it's really such a loaded question because behind it there's a whole gamut of considerations. Because when someone asks, should I do psychedelics? What opens up for me is, well, what psychedelic or plant medicine are you talking about? Because they all have such different qualities and uses. And the next would be, who would you be taking it with? Would a shaman, a psychotherapeutic facilitator, a friend, where would you be taking it? What's your mental state? What's your mental history? Are you prone to instability or do you have a mental condition that might be contraindicative of taking a psychedelic? Also, what's your medical history? Some psychedelics or some plant medicines are taxing on the heart. Or if you have diabetes or low blood pressure. Then another question is, what's your support structures? Will this shaman facilitator or friend be there for you as a support after it because there's a huge period of integration after a plant medicine journey. Then other questions, do you have PTSD or complex PTSD? Because then dosage is also very important and what medicine you take and really the support that's there for that because often with there can be a flashback with that regression to a previous kind of emotional state or memory that can be re-traumatizing for the person if it's not held correctly. And then more simply, like what are you looking for with any plant medicine? What's your orientation? What's your goal? Is it because it's become popular that it's kind of a psychedelic renaissance at the moment and we want to be on the train and to be able to talk about it or have experience of it? Or is it a genuine calling? And also I'd ask, do you have a spiritual practice or philosophy of life that can help you make sense of these experiences that can come with psychedelics, often quite profound experiences of oneness or no self, sometimes quite terrifying experiences of kind of lower levels of consciousness and old memories and emotions. And then there's also the practicality of where you, what country you'll do it and how you'll do it. What's the legality in your given country or state and how do you negotiate that and will it affect your work or is it a danger? So, so many questions. So 
When I get a question when someone just shoots me an email, should I do psychedelics? There's no possible way I can answer this. It wouldn't be fair just to say yes, no, maybe. There's a whole there's a whole story and set of questions that need to be really looked at. And also plant medicines I have not worked with them in so long. I'm not a plant uh, master in that regard. I don't give medicines out. I worked with them for a small period of my life and they helped tremendously at a certain level when I was dealing with strong addictions and trying to get over difficult kind of traumas and understand why I had addictions. So it was very illuminating in that regard and great to meet like-minded people and to share that adventure of exploring consciousness but you know like any path and it is a path it also has its cul-de-sacs it also has its challenges and it also has its shadow side so all these has to be taken into consideration. You know, my own view of a plant medicine is that it's a particular form of Shakti. It's a particular form of conscious energy that has the possibility to open us up to a certain level of consciousness. I only say possibility because it all depends on so many factors, your intention, your sincerity, and the person that's holding the space. You really cannot divorce the medicine or particular psychedelic you're working with from the environment you take it in and the person that's maybe holding the space because their level of consciousness will be a strong determining factor in how that particular experience unfolds. Also, physically where you're at, the space you're at, is it energetically clear? Is it open? Is it dedicated space to the divine? Or is it more a psychotherapeutic, clean, open space? So, so many considerations. So, personally, when people ask me these questions, I don't answer them. Not because I don't have... a care and understanding, but it's just there's so much that needs to be considered. And I would encourage anyone that's interested in psychedelics or plant medicines, do your research. Look at the particular medicine that you're drawn to and why and what it does and what is its toll. There's often some medicines can deplete your serotonin for a few days so it can leave your mood a little bit down. Some medicines can, just the energetic effect on our vital envelope, our nervous system, our energetic nervous system can be quite taxing. And then there's also that it can bring up many, many old emotions and memories that we might not be fully prepared to face. 
So that's where the support comes in. Do we have a support structure that helps us to move through these, either our own spiritual practice or a loving friend that's able to move with us or a shaman? And then there's the whole area of the commercialization of medicines. And, you know, there's so many people trying to just make money from it. It's become a kind of a cash grab. And there's many well-intentioned people who only have a small bit of training with the medicine and then they're, they're offering it out. And this can bring its own problems as well. So look into the medicine, look into the facilitator or shaman, really find out what medicine suits your particular requirement or wish. Often as well, there's a whole notion of should I take it in a more shamanic model or psychotherapeutic model or just with a friend and you know I can't answer that either it'd all depend on the particular shaman the particular facilitator or friend and your relationship to them and their level of consciousness and their integrity and some people go oh, the shamanic approach is, has a lineage and it's more ancient but that also has some challenges too, because it does come from, you know, tribal, from indigenous cultures. And sometimes we put tribal indigenous people on a pedestal as if they know more because they're more connected to nature. And often they are more connected to nature and have fine qualities, but they also have a tribal mind. And a tribal mind is often like, it can have a harsh review of life in that the tribal mind can have a fighting energy as one tribe against another. There's kind of this idea of attack and defense and danger. And that can be brought into the kind of model of thinking and the level of consciousness that opens up within us. Often shaman, when they're undergoing specific diets and learning to work with plants, they make agreements with specific energies and levels of consciousness that gives them power. But often these energies, in fact, bind them, they give them a small vital power, which can be quite dazzling. There can be some light to it, there can be some show to it, and there can be some skill to it. It can make them very skilled at a certain level of consciousness, but it can block them from deeper soul wisdom or higher spiritual revelation. And then you can be with a psychotherapeutic facilitator who, you know, might have no spiritual model whatsoever and just looks at it as a means to overcome psychological issues or hurt or how to face death or different things and then if you're working with a friend as loving as a friend can be they not, might not be trained to recognize if you're 
being re-traumatized or when you're in actual physical danger, how your breathing is or where you're at emotionally. Now, I don't say all these things to put people off. I'm just, for new people, I'm trying to show them that there's a complexity to this and that it's not... Often people have the idea that plant medicines is a quick, easy, fast path. You take it, it changes you, that's it. And it couldn't be further from the truth. It's, you could say, it's not that it's, you know, a fast, like you're cheating, going faster. It intensifies things, which isn't always better. Sometimes slow and gradual for some people is much more effective. Now saying that, it suited me for a particular time and I'm very grateful for it. And I was lucky to meet some good people and also to have a natural ability to connect with the plants and the energy of the plants. But I also had a spiritual grounding and a meditation practice that helped me hugely. For me, running hand in hand with the plant medicines was also a strong spirit or commitment to self-inquiry, to know myself, to face myself. And of course I didn't always succeed, you know. Our humanness has so many fractured elements and resistances and blocks and shadows and repressions. And that's what the medicines can be fantastic for. They flush these up. They can show them. And often in a very loving way, sometimes in a quite confrontational way. So we have to be really prepared that, you know, depending on the medicines, there's so many different medicines from gentle to quite roller coaster. You know, there's a new movement of people interested in uh, 5-MeO-DMT, which gives people a profound experience into oneness, you could say. But that experience is on the back of that particular medicine. So you're surrendering to that medicine to take you into it and then it will bring you back out. You will have some memory of it and some feeling of it. But it has not been... You have not fully really integrated it in your life, in your path. You've been given, catapulted out, come back. So you've been given a taste or a glimpse of some possibility. Often people take this as, you know, that's it, they've had the experience, now it's done. And for some, they feel like that it's been very enlightening and they can construct a conceptual framework of enlightenment for themselves, which can be quite damaging. And then also other plant medicines as well, people are prone to fantasy. They can get lost in the 
the visual display in their own imagination. They can also misinterpret the visions they're giving or refuse to actually integrate them into their life. So, plant medicine, psychedelics. Like anything, if they're wisely used at the right time with the right people and the right amount, they can be very beneficial. So the question, should I take psychedelics? Should I take plant medicines? Really, you have to answer that for yourself. And ask, what are you really looking for with them? The Shakti that, or the energy or power of each medicine has its limitations. It's, it's only a part of the overall Shakti, which is, I call the power of the divine. But that power is also present in every moment. And we can actually open to that without a medicine. You could say it itself is a medicine. And it's continually available to transform our consciousness. So I don't know if I've answered any questions but, or answered the question, but I'm just trying to open it up as possibilities and also leaving it here for people to really flesh it out for themselves. And there's loads of areas and topics that I haven't touched upon. This is just a, a small suggestion. And it's an area I'm not really familiar with anymore because I haven't worked with it so long and new medicines are coming to the foreground that I don't have experience with, so I can't really advise people on that. And even some people ask me, well, where do I go or what, you know, who, who's safe? And I honestly can't answer that either because from year to year, any organization or person even can change so quickly that really there has to be some kind of relational pull between you and any teacher or facilitator or friend that you can trust. Trust always has to come from you. And the same as I'd say for really, you know, to trust a shaman or facilitator. It goes the same for a, a guru or spiritual teacher. Don't throw away your common sense. Don't put them on a pedestal. They're human too. They're still evolving and growing. 
they're changing. They may still be facing some shadow aspects. They may not be aware of some of their shadow aspects still. And so to have compassion for them, but also to not throw away common sense and not to put them too high on a pedestal. You can have respect for a teacher, but also observe them. How do they act? What way are they with their students? Are they respectful, appropriate? Are they they're not swayed by the lore of money, sex and power, the three kind of the big contaminating factors in all areas of life really. So for me the, the medicines introduced me to the possibility of opening my own consciousness to discover who and what I am and to introduce me to the greater Shakti, the Divine Mother, this power of the Divine. And for that I'm grateful. So I could ask myself the question, well, could I have moved through what I had to move through without the plant medicines? And my answer would be that the Divine Mother, Shakti, always finds a way to reach us, whether it's through a psychedelic, a teacher, a book, a life circumstance that shifts our view in reality. And that, that power of the Divine Shakti, the Divine Mother, is always present. And when you think of it like when we take a medicine, a particular psychedelic, we're, we're taking it in and we're basically surrendering. We're saying, okay, I'm taking this and it's going to shift my consciousness hugely in a particular way. And for whatever period of time, three hours, six hours, some 12, some longer, some shorter, this time period, I'm surrendering to it. So it's an act of surrender and There's a certain safety to it in that it's only for a particular amount of time. It's like it's a little toe in the water and you know, you know that, okay, no matter how strong it gets or what happens, you know, it'll, it'll end. But we can also give ourselves to the Divine Mother to let her transform or shift her state of consciousness. And I sometimes call this the descent of grace or the descent of Shakti. There's ways of opening to that, opening to the Divine Mother. It's a path in itself.
So whatever path you choose to take, I wish you well. Whether your path is initially true, you know, service, karma yoga, or true jnana yoga, true knowledge, or bhakti yoga, true love, or true the way of self-giving, surrender to the mother, or through these plant medicines, or any other path. What is the fruit of your endeavor? Is it is it allowing you to transform your instrumental nature, what I call your mind, life and body, your instrumental nature? Is it allowing for that to transform, to let go of old hurts and grudges and pains, memories? Is it making you a better father or partner or mother or child? Can you shift your relationships? And also, can you untangle maybe toxic relationships? Can you learn to pull back from them and recognize them where we give away our power or where we have power over others and to really equalize that? So does your path, does your way really allow for transformation? Is it also illuminating? Is it giving you spiritual wisdom? Is it also allowing for your soul to come forward? That divinity within, that has the wisdom of many lives, does your path allow for that to come forward? In the end, from my understanding, we have to surrender everything. Our mind, our vital energies, our physicality, all that we've done, all that we think we are, all that we do. And recognize that our instrumental nature is not separate from this power of the divine. And it's in a process of dynamic change and evolution and also this soul within us this spark of divinity of an individual I an individual spark of the self that is not separate can we allow that to guide us with its wisdom of what's good, true and beautiful. So anyway, I'm probably just straying off topic. That could be enough for, for now. And I wish you all well. <laughs>